Welcome to the Canine Aptitude Podcast, and today we're going to boost your IQ about a training tool, and it is the harness. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Harnesses. <laughs> um, and first, so we're going to go through all of the different types of tools that you can use, and so today is about harness, but first I want to talk real quickly, a little disclaimer, to remind you that tools are not teachers. We are the dog's teacher, so your teaching is going to be more powerful than anything you can put on your dog. You're not putting something on your dog to teach them. It is you that right. is the teacher. So when good teaching can happen, whether the dog is completely naked, has nothing on their body, that's when good teaching happens. So we want to make sure that our relationship and connection is what's teaching our dog, not a tool. We're not using this tool to do the work for us. Right. So we are going to follow the same structure for each of these tool episodes. And for the first one, we are going to talk about the function, the function of a harness. So what is the actual function of a harness when we put it on our dog? So the function of the harness is to be able to walk our dogs without putting any pressure on vital things in the dog's neck where there's not a ton of protection like there is on the breastbone. Whenever your dog pulls on a harness, there's a breastbone that protects all those vital organs. Mm -hmm. um, so really it's intention, the harness is really all about safety. Honestly, in my brain, it's all about keeping the dog's body safe whenever you're using it on walks in case something happens because dogs are dogs. Right? They pull. That's what they do. They're not naturally, they don't naturally know how to walk. You are, like you right. said at the beginning, we are the ones that have to teach that. And pressure on the neck of any kind makes your brain feel not safe because when they see a dog or a person and they move toward it, even if they're not running, let's say they move toward it and they hit that leash end and they feel that pressure on their neck, they're now associating that every time I see that thing, I feel pressure on my neck. So just taking that pressure away completely is going to just settle their brain down. Right. Just in general, just from the lack of, just from the lack of pressure. One other thing is that harnesses tend to be thicker mm -hmm. than collars are. Yeah. And so it or has padded. a wider, right? <laughs> if you think about yeah. buckling a kid into a car seat, I mean, car seat safety is super important. It's, it's come a long way. And that chest plate is supposed to be over top of their sternum. Yep. You know, we don't put that chest plate up against their throat. That's not safe in an accident. So when we're looking at a harness, we're looking at those safety emergency situations and how is it going to be safest if you have 70 pounds hitting the end of the leash at a dead run? Right. We need to keep their structure safe. Right. So, and that's, that's the intent of a harness is to just get the pressure off of the throat. So here we are going to um, attach a really great document about many different tools, but it's mostly about harnesses on this one. But one of the things that I'm gonna to read to you is why we like to get the pressure off of the throat. And it says, the neck area contains glands, lymph nodes, blood vessels, nerves, trachea, and more, critical to the health of the animal, none of which is protected by muscle or bone. The neck and spine are the most important energy channels of the body. The less pressure and restriction on the breathing apparatus, the calmer their brain. Their skin, yeah. just because they have fur doesn't mean anything. Their skin is very, very thin right in front. If you feel your esophagus right now, you can feel all those bony structures in your esophagus. Any type of pressure on that, mm -hmm. we immediately recoil from it. We don't like that pressure. Dogs have learned to deal with that pressure because we just force them into it. We just snap collars on their neck and just make them deal with it. But imagine snapping a collar on your toddler's neck and taking them to the playground. You know, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to learn to disengage from you just because I feel this all the time anyway. Right. So I might as well just get used to the feeling of not being able to breathe half the time. Right. And I've seen dogs actually pass out. So people are like, oh, well, if it hurt, they would stop pulling on their collar. Nope. 
They it's don't because remember, you are their teacher. The tool yeah. is not their teacher. You need to teach your dog how to walk. The harness does not teach them anything other than to pull comfortably. Right. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. So we use harnesses on our dogs and it's not because they of anything they do, it's because in those safety emergency situations, we want them to be safest. Right. And this is a little bit of cherry picking, but that, that collar on the neck, um, I've seen a lot of instances where that can cause, you know, obviously like the thyroids there, the like uh, really lymph nodes, you know, things like that. And it can actually damage a lot of that stuff if the dog pulls hard enough. And if your dog is pulling hard on a collar, if there's you probably them, a reason. <laughs> right. And if you hear them, I hear so many dogs gasping. Yeah. <laughs> if you sure. hear that noise... Your dog needs help now. Imagine right. if you heard a child doing that. Right. Imagine if a kid was pulling on the back of a hoodie of another kid and the kid was making those noises. Right. You we would can't remember that, yeah. that that is a very serious sign that something is happening right. and they cannot breathe comfortably. Right. If you hear them, ah, that noise of clearing their throat, they're trying to open their airway. Right. They cannot breathe. Yeah. Like it stresses me out when I hear dogs walking down the street gasping for air every day right and they're not pulling because they know it's bad or they know that you know uh, or that it doesn't hurt because it could it right. could be really it dis- probably is very uncomfortable but they're probably pumped up either chasing a squirrel or another dog or a person whatever so the adrenaline kicks in and then mm-hmm. a lot of that feeling kind of goes away in the right neck. Yep. so pain receptors are not <laughs> as sensitive when adrenaline kicks in you got it um yeah and remember dogs do not pull when they're attached to stationary objects. Dogs pull because we follow them. We let them go where they want to go when they pull. So they learn that pulling works and that is the way they go for a walk. If I pull in this direction, my human will let me go in that direction. So this must be a reinforced activity. So no matter what tool you put on your dog, if you reinforce pulling, you will get pulling. Yep. So if your dog pulls, it's your fault. Yeah. (laughs) Every time you taught them how to pull. (laughs) Right. So you are the one that needs to teach them how to not pull. And that comes with teaching, not a tool. So some misconceptions. Yes. Yeah. So number so, one we hear, oh, well, harnesses create pulling. Oh, sled, already, sled dog harness is what yeah. we typically hear, right? Debunked <laughs> that one already. Remember, you teach pulling, right. not the harness. If I put a harness on my dog, they don't just start manhandling through the room. They don't just start running around like crazy because I put a <laughs> harness on them because it doesn't do anything different. It's just something that they're wearing. Right. If they think that a harness is for pulling it's because i've taught them that right so when you snap a harness on your dog you need to change the rules right of that harness this is not for pulling it's for safety so you need to teach them right simple as that so harnesses themselves don't teach pulling but they can make it more comfortable to pull correct yeah. if you've taught your dog that pulling is how they get where they want to go you got so it. make sure that when you are outside if you are following your dog if they are pulling and you are following behind every step of the way they're getting reinforced for pulling yeah so you, that's where teaching comes in yeah. and not just management not just putting a tool in place i'm saying actual teaching rewarding step by step by step by step by step that by your side is where they should be Yep. Um, whenever some, I've heard this before too. So whenever dogs are seen on harnesses, a lot of times there's a misconception that the dog is not trained or, or maybe the dog is in charge. Of Who's the walk. walking who? Who's walking who? Uh, <laughs> this is my dog's walk. I would not be at this park if it wasn't for my dog. Right. Yes, I am walking my dog. And yes, guess what? My dog has way better needs at this park than I have. I don't care to sniff that flower, but my dog does. Right. So I don't need them to be at my side right now. I need them to comfortably move back and forth so that they can sniff and be satiated by this walk. Right. And it's funny because with dogs that are on harnesses, I guess this is mainly for us. We have a lot of boundaries with our dogs whenever we walk with them. So 
that even though they are maybe in front of us, they're not pulling. Right. They have a loose leash. Right. If they happen to pull, we we redirect them or we happen to um, you know call them back to us so that they're not practicing pulling. So we're actively training and making sure that they understand those boundaries. Another thing that is a misconception about harnesses is that they are too comfortable and so dogs just kind of do whatever they want you know on the walk they're just pulling left and right zigzagging all over the place and sure that's true if that's what you're allowing right it all goes back to what you're teaching right and so if they if they think that that's what it takes to get them to go get all the sniffs then that's what they're going to do so it's not the tool it's how you're using the tool right so remember you are the teacher you are teaching them what is reinforcing and what is not reinforcing and how to get the things in their world so um and don't forget that whenever you're looking at any tool of, of dog training the marketing is going to be significantly different than what is actually happening with the tool. So they will market in all sorts of ways that it's the most comfortable thing in the whole world, that it is so humane. They will use all these great words like natural and, oh, it stops your dog's pulling guaranteed. Gentle. (laughs) Right. That it's gentle. Most times when you actually look at the tool and look at how it's functioning, it's not any of those things. Those right. are all marketing ploys. Yeah. So be aware of the way that your radio ads, be aware of the way that the TV, be aware of the way that your neighbor talks about it. All of those things are going to condition you to believe one thing or another. So right. be aware of what is actually occurring in front of your face with right. your dog's tool. And and thing to remember with that is if it seems like the thing is self-correcting, like, oh, this thing will stop your dog from Yeah, anything ABC. that's stopping a dog is probably because it's uncomfortable or painful or threatening or intimidating in some way. Tools are not teachers. Tools are not (laughs) teachers. We're going to keep saying that. Tools are not teachers. Um, All right. So how about about pros and cons? So we'll get into that a little bit next. So pros of the harness. Obviously, it's safer because it's more comfortable for the dog. um, But safer also in just... I, an emergency situation that happens to arrive. Like, let's say that you mentioned, I think you said that a dog fell into a, a yeah, water. Yeah, it was a clumsy adolescent large black lab and he fell off the greenway, like wooden plank. He was just like doing something crazy and he tripped and he fell into the water. That was like, like to me, I'm like crocodiles are in this water. Like it's right. murky, marshy, gross water. How am I going to get this dog out without jumping in myself? Um, great news. <laughs> he had a harness on <laughs> right. and I grabbed both sides of that harness and was able to lift, lift him, him out and get him out. And the same thing, like if a dog falls overboard with a boat, you know, like a collar pulling a dog by their collar, first of all, it's going to slip right over their head oh, or man. it's going to choke the living crap out of them right. while you're trying to use it. So it can definitely be used in terms of like safety. If your dog falls, can't get up a hill. I went hiking where the dog's struggling to get up the rocks. You can use the harness to help them, you know, hoist Love them it. up a little bit. Right. And um, harnesses are also really versatile, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can use it as a car safety, like a seatbelt for your dog if it's leashed up correctly um, to that harness. Again, just like what Shana said before, with kids, it's hitting the sternum, right? And it's the same with dogs. So, it was, that's what we want as far as safety goes in the car. Um, it can be versatile in ways where you can buy certain ones that will have backpacks, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. it can carry stuff. Like, right. So like a, a working dog, like a border collie or something that needs more of a job, you can fill like small bags of, with sand and put it in the pockets of a harness. Um, and then you have a heavier harness where they're just a little bit more focused because there's more weight on right. their harness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I had a situation where I was running with a dog and had a harness on, which you should always 100% 
if you are biking or running, your dog needs a harness. 100%. The, yes. The forward oh motion. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I learned <laughs> Anything this happen. the hard way, but even, I mean, even in a car, if you have an, an unsecured item in a car and you get in an accident, even 30 miles an hour, that unsecured item becomes a projectile weapon. Yeah. And it flies forward, like just physics wise, at an incredible rate of speed. So when you have a dog and you're jogging with them all like nice, just calm, and if they hit a dead stop, you are going to have tons of pressure against that tool. So I was running and there was a noise. And just as that noise, the dog just kind of spooked a little bit to the left. And I just happened to be passing a telephone pole. And he went around one side and I went around the other side. And it was looped on my wrist. Another thing you should never do because although it sounds really safe, yeah. your arm gets stuck and it's not safe anymore. Right, right, right. And so instead of letting go of the leash, I got jerked backwards not feeling good at all on my shoulder and he got jerked backwards by his harness thank god but imagine if he was just on a regular collar right. that the the force on his trachea how that would have felt i can i can only imagine even the force on my arm what that would have felt like on my neck wow it, yeah. i would have probably went to the hospital and been like you need to check me out right. something i cannot imagine that something didn't go horribly wrong right like this is not comfortable to me so um it is definitely safer and that is what a harness is for it's for those situations it's not meant to teach it's not meant to prevent pulling it is meant for those terrible situations where you need to be pulling a dog your dog is going in the opposite directions just to get the pressure off the neck yes so teaching is where it's at not the tool i guess the only other thing was is there are you know and we're going to talk about cons and what we would recommend what we would not recommend but i think there are also like different styles but also different ways you can put a harness on so if your dog mm -hmm. is really uncomfortable with putting their head through something like most harnesses you have to put your head through or that you have to pick up their legs to put in um, to the harness so there's different ways depending on your dog's comfort level of uh, putting on a harness which is kind of cool right like that cons so what are some not so great things about harnesses it makes it more comfortable to pull yeah if you're allowing your dog to pull if you <laughs> yep. have an 80 pound dog so both of my dogs are like 50 ish pounds but if my dog is an 80 pound dog and I've taught them that when we go for walks, that if they sprint in directions or they pull really hard like a train or if they bear down and pull and I go where they want to go, they are going to pull me lots of places and they're probably going to pull me off my feet. They're probably going to pull hard enough where I lose my balance and then I might get hurt and then we get angry like it's the harness's fault when really it's a lack of teaching. It has yep. nothing to do with the tool in that case. But it is a con because it does make it more comfortable. So if you are not planning on teaching your dog, which most people use a harness for that reason, I don't want to teach them. I just want them to go outside and do sniff, their thing. Right? right? Do their yeah. thing. <laughs> I just want them to not pull. You can't have both ways. No, you can't. You have to either teach them not to pull or you need to use the harness as a way of just saying, hey, I don't feel like doing this, but I don't want the pressure on your throat while you're doing this crazy behavior like my husband could not care less if my dogs pull and that's because he has muscles and he doesn't care and he's a man he's like well whatever i just want him to sniff and have a great time i'm like uh no we need rules so, <laughs> so but he doesn't care and so if i was using a style and i do have a style of harness that cinches in the back and is more of a front clip harness where it's putting more pressure on on the shoulders meant to discourage pulling you know it's going over time, it's going to affect her gait. It's going to affect things because he's allowing her to pull in it. Right. You know, one time she hits the end of that leash, it's not a big deal. Over time, every single walk, every day for years, it's going to make a difference in her body. Yes. So making sure that, that the harness that we're using is what we want it to be used for. Right. You know, you can buy special harnesses for biking 
and special harnesses for weight pulling because it puts different pressure on the spine depending on where you're you're putting that leash clasp yeah. on so if you ever go look up pictures of um i think it's called bajoring or something like that there's all these weird words that mean basically like your dog is pulling you on a bike they do not use a front clip harness for that they do not use a regular harness from PetSmart that just clips on the back and the dog just steps in Mm -hmm. it is a very specific one that comes along their sides it's getting all the power from their chest because it's intended for them to pull right the harnesses you buy at the pet store are not intended for that type of pulling it's going to hurt their body long term so and because it makes it more comfortable you're going to see more of it unless you teach them. Right. And since it's more comfortable, that makes it more likely for you to be knocked over pretty easily. Right. Again, Especially if, if you're, you're not, not paying attention, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're not looking at your attention. phone, you're talking you to a friend it. and they see a squirrel and they bolt. And what you'll hear a trainer say is, oh, you got to get them off that harness then. It's the harness's fault. That's why they have so much power. It has nothing to do with the harness. It has to do with the teaching. Right. And um, what you allow. Yep. Right. And then keep in mind that not all harnesses are made the same. So they're going to be made differently just for hobby sport reasons. But also you have harnesses that are meant to be anti-pull. They are just, they're uncomfortable when they pull, but that also means that it's affecting their joints. It's affecting how they move. And you'll also see that if a dog pulls, it pulls the entire clasp into a different spot in their body. So you put it on, but as soon as they pull a little bit, the whole thing shifts. Yep. Not a good harness. You should not have your dog in that harness. So there are many different, many, many, many different harnesses that I would never use on my dogs or any dog, especially a dog that maybe is reactive or a dog that is a bite risk. I'm not putting those harnesses on those dogs right at all. And there are really, really nice harnesses that you can buy that are super expensive. And then there are some really good ones that are pretty inexpensive. So mm-hmm. we're going to kind of get into what we would recommend and what we would not recommend. So the easy walk harness is probably the most common. And this is the one that it's either like black and gray or black and red. It's usually two-tone. Yep, two-tone. And it goes, it cuts across the dog's shoulders. So it's basically cutting across their shoulder blades to restrict movement when they pull. It cinches up in the front and it makes their legs come closer together and their shoulders come Mm -hmm. closer together. So what that's creating, again, is discomfort. It's teaching the dog that, okay, when I pull, it doesn't feel great, so I'm just going to hang back. And like 10% of dogs will go, hey, I don't really like that. I'll walk slower. Yeah. 90% of dogs go, hey, I don't like that. I'll just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not enough of a deterrent. And so what ends up happening is it kind of works. It kind of takes the pressure off the person a little bit because they can't walk as fast if they can't move their arms. It's essentially taking a giant band and putting it across your bicep and chest all the way around and then asking the person to move their arms. Yeah. It's very limited T-Rex movement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, you can't fully move your body. And if you do that long term, it's not going to be great for their body. Yeah. Short story about that too. I actually worked with a poodle, doodle something, and uh, had the easy walk harness on the dog per trainer recommendation since it was a young puppy. So they did walks in this harness. I mean, they went to the vet, they did everything in this harness with this dog and didn't do any teaching. So it literally was just management because the dog wasn't pulling. I walked in the house for the first time, super friendly dog, and the dog had no no gear on. It was just naked. And it saw me (laughs) and did this like weird exorcist move towards me. So it started like contorting its body in weird ways. Like its butt would come like forward, but then his head would turn and his shoulders would turn as if he were on the easy walk. So without even knowing that the dog was on an easy walk, I said to the owners, yeah, I said to the owners, your dog's wearing an easy walk whenever they go outside. And they were like, 
Yes. How did you know that? <laughs> I was like, well, you see. So, and, and that's that's one thing, that, you know, with any harness that cuts across the shoulders like that, it's going to impede their gait. And if puppies are using this, it's going to impede their gait long term. This is mm-hmm. how your puppy's growing and right. how they're learning to walk. <laughs> right. So something exciting happens and that dog instantly does this weird exorcist movement because that's what it does on leash right. when it sees people. Mm-hmm. So, Other things that are... Definitely 100% structure-wise terrible for dogs are any of those (laughs) leash combos where you wrap them around their belly slash back end slash rib cage, whatever, and it tightens on that soft spot in their their body. And what that's doing is it's constricting their organs. Like it is, it is so uncomfortable to them because it is choking their stomach essentially and all of their important things in there and again it doesn't teach them to not pull it just allows you to have and it allows you to have a little bit more control in the situation those things should only be used in an emergency situation i've used that with a you know runaway dog i went and tracked it down and all i have is a slip lead on me i might use that because the dog is choking themselves as i'm trying to get them back to the car because all i have is a slip lead around their neck and again, I'm not teaching in that situation, but I have nothing better. So I might loop around the body to just give myself a little bit more control in that one situation. But I'm not going to be taking that dog on daily walks that way right. because all they're going to do is pull against that constriction. When your dog continually pushes against this pressure, that's what is happening. Right. Yep. So Thunder Leash is, a, is another brand of, of one of those wrap style ones. Even the Harness Lead is one that's similar to that. It does have a stopper on it, which Mm -hmm. is better, but it still has that same constriction style where when they pull, it constricts meant to deter the dog from pulling. Right. And again, dogs don't discomfort and add discomfort. Right. Yeah. Um, my hated one. (laughs) Yeah. This one's bad. I hate this brand harness so much for so many reasons. Um, but the sporn, which it constricts and it has this like string weird string that you attach to your leash which also makes the leash longer because the string is so long right so the like a regular four or six foot leash becomes very long and so the dog is super duper out of control right every time they're on this harness and it it cuts up under their arms and it has velvet there you know that nice little fleece that you know is supposed to be all nice and comfy yeah (laughs) but basically the dog is like squeezed into it every time you see one so just not ideal right Right, right. Um, and then just as a general, and this has come with experience because we used to fit, recommend, and use these harnesses, is the Freedom Harness. Um, and I have them. I still do use it periodically, especially if I'm going to like the vet or something, but they should only be used with training because they can very easily become a very uncomfortable tool that your dog is wearing because of that straight across the shoulder. So it's preventing that shoulder movement forward. It's also constricting because as they pull, it cinches. And in general, for most dogs, it's going to come awfully close to their armpits. So you're also going to have rubbing, which also sometimes creates a dog that wants to escape out of it because it's forcing their shoulders in. So they naturally tuck their head and now they slip right out of it. Yeah. And I've had a lot of dogs that will not wear a freedom harness. Like they, they know that particular harness that's been put on is not, yeah, it's just not. It's also not great for long haired dogs either. Right. So I don't have long haired dogs, but the dogs that I fitted with long hair of a freedom harness, it's just not the best for them. Right. So those are a couple of harnesses that we would not recommend. And again, just reiterating the reasons why is typically it cinches on the back or on the front. So we don't like any kind of cinching, making things tighter on their bodies. Uh, We also would rather have 
um, a harness that does not constrict motion in those front legs. So with that being said, what are some brands that we would recommend? And what I use on both of my dogs, and this is a really cost-effective harness, it's the 3-in-1 PetSafe harness. So it's basically like a, a better version of the Easy Walk. So it's, it's a nice, what we call T-shape or Y-shape uh, style. Mm-hmm. And it has free range of motions, give the dogs free range of motions in their front legs. So their, their shoulders are nice and open. And it has a front clip and a back clip. And it also has a handle. So it, it's very versatile as well. Um, lots of clips on it too. So my puppy does not like his head to go through the harness, but I can unclip that neck portion or what goes around um, near his neck. And I can clip it around like a collar. And that's a lot easier for him. So I really like that one a lot. Yeah, and, and the biggest thing for me is, especially with my weird big chested pitties, mm. is that most harnesses, they don't fit right because they tuck up under the armpits because their chest is so wide yes. that it it just doesn't fit them right. So the harness that we landed upon, and I was just, I just saw on a time hop, five years ago we've had this harness, and I swear it is... They're still gr- in great condition. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. like, and I don't wash them. I don't take care of them. Like I literally <laughs> just keep hanging them on the same hook over right. and over again, right. um, is the balance harness. And it is my favorite. It did take a little bit of getting used to because, again, I was coming off of the freedom harness. I was coming off of that little bit of control of controlling the movement forward. And that's not what the balance is created for. It's just created for safety purposes. Um, but they are, they do come with the front and back clip and I use them differently. So I taught my dog that when it's hooked to the front clip, their job is to heal next to me. Cause we're going to the vet. We're going into Lowe's. We're going somewhere where you need to be by my side. So that tactile cue is important for them. That. And that was with training. That wasn't because they just figured it out. I didn't short leash them and only give them three inches of leash to work with. I taught them that anytime it's hooked to the front, we are training. You are by my side. Yep. When it's hooked to the back. You are free to explore, but the rule is if you feel a taut leash, your job is to slow down and check in with me. So whether you have three feet of leash or 30 feet of leash, the rules are the same. Right. Love that. So yeah, and those are the two that we recommend. There are a lot of other types of harnesses out there that have the the style that you would need or what we would recommend. So um, if you have any questions, let us know. We're going to put that document in notes for you and that has some several suggestions in there as well. And keep a lookout. We're going to be doing more of these tool series episodes. We're super pumped. Uh, We're going to do some really controversial ones as well. So Mm -hmm. keep a lookout. Yep. All right. Have a great day. Bye.